and welcome once again to the Family Life Canada podcast where Cheryl and Neil Josephson and it's our privilege to lead Family Life Canada, a movement of about 30 staff and about 5,000 volunteers across the country. We call them home builders and we're all committed to bringing help and hope to every family and every marriage in Canada. And Family Life Canada is part of a global family of ministries that care about the same thing called mm-hmm. Family Life. And we're really pleased today that we got the president of Family Life, Dave Robbins, and Meg is here. And they're joining us from Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Hello, by the way. Hi. Hey, guys. Hey, before we start, we just love what you guys do in Canada. The way you guys, I mean, the way you bring people around tables and around conversation to get through to deeper levels. You guys are some of the best at it and we just love you guys. So grateful for you. Thank you. Hey, we're we'll receive that you. encouragement. Thank you. you. Hey, so uh, can you just give us the really quick summary for the people that are listening? You guys, uh, I just wanted to get a figure like, oh, the Robins have really been through it. I mean, you guys have relocated <laughs> a lot lately. You've changed roles. You got kids. I mean, just give us the really quick summary of the Robins at this point in your life. Yeah. Right. Well, it was just three years ago that we actually stepped into this family life role and took over the president of family life. And Dennis and Barbara passed the baton to us. And so that's a pretty radical life transition. No one wakes up one day and goes, we have a great idea. Let's let's replace a four decade founder who's really well known. And, and that was not <laughs> on our agenda item, but it is in part of a bigger story of what God's writing on our lives. So, yeah. And we have four kids, 14 12, 10, and 4. And we have moved several times. So we moved to Little Rock um, when David was talking about three years ago. And then before that, we lived in New York City for five years. And then we actually lived probably four other places before that. Meg's favorite was Pisa, Italy. We did live in Italy. That was a great check. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. And then we've just this summer moved to Orlando. Yeah. we, We have been on the go. A lot, but feel like this might be a longer stint. So that's a good thing. Oh my goodness, you guys. So you moved in a pandemic. Yes, we did. We did. And you know, there are things about that that were obviously very challenging and you didn't get, we didn't get quite the goodbyes in some ways that we wanted, but in other ways, I think looking back, we definitely see how it actually probably cushioned the departure and the landing just because our chill our kids were already used to talking with people over text or you know gaming just just having to figure out because they weren't seeing anybody and then we were doing some outdoor things and but it couldn't be more than 10 people so we had some more intimate goodbyes so i think it it helped us be a lot more intentional that i think I, we pray that we're here for a long time, for the record, and I think that's what we're set up for. But whenever the next transition comes, I feel like we'll look back at this past one um, among the pandemic and have some real lessons of how to do it more, how to transition with a lot of intentionality, because there's always so much grief going on. And a lot of times we just, you know, full steam ahead. And I think with the pandemic, it made you be a little more present and realize what was happening. So true. Yeah, we found that as well. Hey, um, I need a little context here, and then I'm going to ask you a question that I, I just can't wait to hear what you say. <laughs> the context is, uh, you know, that um, family life grew out of uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, which in Canada is called Power to Change. In the United States is called Crew. So for everybody listening, there's the context. 
So we have this this uh, history. And with Crew, you guys worked with millennials, correct? In New York. We were in New York working with 20-somethings. That's right. Fascinating. So now uh, you're in your new role and you have this uh, nationwide vantage point, all ages, all stages. You have a unique opportunity to say, man, seeing the younger people, seeing all people, this is what's really going on, folks, in our culture uh, that that's encouraging uh, that you should be blessed by. Mm-hmm. Here's things that we find challenging that you should be aware of when it comes to marriage and family. When it comes to marriage and yeah. family, so there you go, long run up. But I mean, that's a pretty broad table for you. So I can't wait to hear your observations because you're very uniquely situated. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, just our motivation of why we said yes to oh, yeah. life and the the power we believe that is in the home and in amongst marriages and families. So. Go into that. We were in New York with a unique purview of, of why this is such a critical space. Yeah, and I think in two ways. I mean, you said we were working with millennials, 20-somethings, post-college. And I think part of what we saw there was, you know, in a lot of ways, there are some similarities that things that will never change about how relationships work and, you know, things that were similar to how when we dated and got married. But a lot has changed dramatically. And we saw that firsthand just like, wow this is really different and walking alongside people through that and doing some marriage counseling. And you just saw like what they're facing today is different in a lot of ways. And I think that just grew our passion to see God enter in because he's faithful and he's unchanging and he still wants to be, you know, the life changer that he is. Um, But I think also for us, our kids were in public school and um, it just kind of threw us into a large amazing community of people who love to do life together, you know, the same way that we do. Um, And just as you're parenting alongside people and you realize the doors that get opened and just having people sitting around the table and the power of, you know, just conversations and being real and authentic, people just Mm -hmm. really want to know, okay, if you have this great faith, how does this affect your daily life? Like, Oh, wow. You had your kids, not just say, I'm sorry, but I forgive you. Where does that come from? And just that, just the reality of life on life and, and being real. I think that's probably the biggest thing is just people desire a deep authenticity, yeah. you know, just, and not, not a sugary, you know, Oh, you know, God makes everything awesome, but just like, you no, know, life is still really hard, but he meets you there in that. Yeah. And in an increasingly secular uh, society, we watched people's challenges in their marriages still be held as sacred and people's desire for their kids and parenting be glad to turn to the scriptures for that and and believe hey, there's some type of timeless truth here. Even if they have different views about what the Bible is than we do, mm-hmm. yeah. they were up for it because they're, they're desperate for the help. And if it, mm-hmm. it has to, you know, a, a unique thing is it, it needs to come from a trusted place usually. And that's why I think anyone who's a follower of Jesus listening, you you have a great stewardship in your, the communities that you're in to reflect Jesus to the world around you. But from a sincere life on life place where you dive into that together. And, you know, Neil, just to your question, the next you know, millennials, as you started out, and that's who we were working with now, 20 somethings or, or Gen Z, you know, they are now 
all, you know, in their young 40s down to their 30s, they're having their first kids, they are getting married, many of them. And so this isn't a future thing. This is a now thing. And we are just so grateful to get to lead family life in a moment where we really do believe it's a generation after generation, powerful platform for the gospel. If anything, in the West, I think the family could be one of the last evangelistic voices that there is that that really is easy to to stumble into spiritual conversations mm-hmm. because our families are or it's a sacred, the home is a sacred place and spiritual conversations come. And uh, anyway, those millennials, I believe in them and, and who they could be in, in their holistic uh, worldview, um, how spirituality and their faith intersects with all parts of life. And um, I, you know, there's a lot of narrative that's been out there about them. We believe in them because we got to work alongside many of them and uh, we better because we're passing it on to them. And so let's believe in them and build them up. Yeah. 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 We have a lot of millennials on our staff and that's our observation too, is that they, well, two things, they, they really believe in marriage. They long for it and and healthy family and holistic health. You're right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing that we've observed from not just millennials actually, but really every couple, they crave authenticity. And so, in our story, yeah. it we've done some things really well, but to be honest, none of that stuff is what blesses other couples. <laughs> it's all the Put some under the pile, right? Yeah. I know it's yeah. all the stuff that yeah. we've messed up or struggled with, or so kind of out of our story. What's most helpful to other people is really more of our challenges and our failures. So I'm curious to ask you the same question. In your almost 20 years of marriage, what out of your story has been most helpful to pass on? And it doesn't just have to be your mess ups either. But. Well, we have a like a saying that we have that's kind of a core mantra for us as a family is if dependence is the goal, if dependence on the Lord is the goal, then weakness is actually an advantage um, because powers, God's power is made perfect in our weakness, as we oh, know. Sure. Paul says. And so this isn't just something that, oh, and nice, like we can end up spending the rest of the time on this because we believe this so wholeheartedly deep, deep in our soul. But I mean, I think for us, we, I, I'll just speak for myself. Um, in my own story, I lived a lot of my life trying to have it all together. And it, it was in my young 30s um, that really we had one of our first marriage, wow, this is intense. And these are layers I didn't know we had type of moments. And basically we'd come back from overseas and we had our firstborn and um, he had cystic fibrosis. And I'm so grateful that he, that our firstborn that God gave us had the story on his life with a, with a rare disease um, because God used it to, to get into parts of my own story that I really needed him to get into. I was so busy trying to, and and in a redemptive way, like there was a redeemed ambition to it, but man, there needed to be a lot more redeeming happening to my ambition. And so I was in ministry going hard after it, you know, on the college campus at the university of Georgia and really was not present with Meg as we had come home from Italy and she had thrived in Italy, just like we talked about. And um, and really, uh, we we had moved back and grown quickly de- distant as we processed jumping into life back in the states. And I was on my way with the job, and um, you know, we were certainly still functioning well, but there was an emotional kind of gap creating. And God gave us the a gift of um, you know, f- our, our firstborn um, having that rare disease where it 
it finally woke me up to some of the ways that I was letting this wedge, emotional wedge increase in our marriage because I was kind of lunging myself into the security of finding my identity and what I do. And, and, you know, that narrative just continues to be woven in my life, continue to be redeemed. It's something we always, um, you know, it's amazing how it pops back up and you go, are you kidding me? Here it is again. But, uh, but okay, that's our story and our intimacy, deeper levels of intimacy that require that agape love, not just the Eros passionate love or the phileo and everything, you know, brotherly or, or, um, you know, that emotional connection type of love, but those, those unconditional layers, uh, that's one that on my side, we've had to continually to address. And, you know, you could imagine stepping into this role and then you don't fill those shoes that Dennis and Barbara had, but you, 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 you take the role, you don't fill the shoes. And, um, but in that you can, you know, yeah, of course we've had to process. Um, all right. How does that personally affect our marriage and, some of the old things that rare up in my own story. And it's been really good to fight that because we've had to fight it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just, I definitely agree with you that, I mean, the things that we probably don't really want to share, you know, that are the places where we're struggling or we're, you know, I mean, even now as we've moved and Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic, moving all of family life from Arkansas to Orlando and then just, or just even our little family unit, um, you know, a lot comes with that. And it's there, we've just like David just shared and that same narrative creeps in. And right now we're just, we're telling somebody recently, like, yeah, we just realized that our kids are doing really well through this move and other things are going great, but we realized, wow, we're kind of distant. We've got to really, you know, fight that. And, and the Lord has been so gracious, but it's like even sharing that current reality. I think, you know, it's easy to kind of share things that we've been through that we've struggled in the past, but even like, okay, this week, this is where we are. You know, you're like, Oh, am I really saying that out loud? And, but the Lord's just like, I mean, every time people like, wow, thank you so much for saying that because I was feeling so much shame about that. And it's like, yeah, we need Jesus every day still. You know, I, and I think for me, the biggest thing too, is even just as a mom, you know, I kind of have, I think people, me included, tend to have this phantom super mom idea of what we should be. And, you know, it's like every time I share that little things like, oh, I don't match socks, two clean socks are a pair in our house. Or <laughs> like, you know, oh, I totally lost my temper and had to go back and apologize to my kids. And, you know, it just breaks down those barriers that people think, oh, I'm supposed to be this super perfect. And it also breaks down the barriers between us. I mean, it's obviously reflects Jesus out to the world around us in a winsome way. And I do think that's what a world is longing to see is like, no, really, how does this work out in those closed, in those closed door four walls? But yet it's also the pathway for our own intimacy and our own growth and getting into those deeper layers with one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of two months ago, we kind of looked at each other going, all right, I'm worried about family life in the pandemic a lot and transitioning this thing to Orlando. You've got the kids settled at school. Let's, okay, how are, how are we again? And, you know, all right, so we're, we're going to some marriage counseling and it's been great, you know, just to kind of get those frame ups and the conversation that it leads to. We just went through the dates to, you know, uh, one of the segments of the dates to remember box um, and it, it that we just released at Family Life. And 
And it was one of those, oh my goodness, we needed that prompt and that conversation. And it took us to those places we need to go to. And, and, and back to a watching world, like everyone's normal till you get to know them. And people are longing for someone to level the playing field. And, and yeah. Well, and just that, di- just that dynamic, we're 20 years down the road. We're 20 years into marriage farther than you. More than you. We're 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would say that this kind of process of kind of coming together and slowly drifting apart. I mean, we all, we yeah. talk about mm-hmm. in all of our classes yeah. that drift is the natural inclination yeah. of a relationship right? without intentionality. You will. And I mean, and it happens, your attention is, is off on, a, on other things, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Even good things. That's right. Exactly. For your kids, a new ministry. But we will tell you that we kind of, We've observed this pattern in our own life together sure. and drift and then you come yeah. back and drift. And I think that's reassuring to other couples because I think they feel like when they drift, like how will we find our way yes. back? Hmm. Oh, oh, there's a way back. There's always a way back. Which right. is the next question I want to ask you guys. I love this concept of drift because, you know, there, there's no villain in the story, right? Like it, it happens to us. So when we've drifted, you got to get back on course, hmm. which means you got to have sort of a, a clue like where you want to go. Right. And you need some practices. So if you're a sailor, you know, you use your instruments and you go, this is the goal. Like, I know anything about this. I was just going to say, really? (laughs) Keep going. Tell us. This is true. (laughs) I read a book one time. (laughs) So here's the question, because I think all of us who are managing drift in our lives um, would love to hear when you're drifted and you want to get back on course, are there practices or tools Mm. that are particularly helpful that we should all learn from you about? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things we often do, because we, you know, as you even go through our story, there's been lots of seasons, even recently in our lives of just kind of level setting. Okay, what season are we in? And having those mentors in our life that go, oh, you guys, you got 14 to four year olds. Of course, you're you're (laughs) drifting right now. Okay, here's. And so just even level setting. All right. What season are we in? Okay, we're in a transition season. We're in a season with a high schooler, new junior higher, elementary and a pre-Ker like. Okay, we 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 are in a new home trying to figure out church in a pandemic. Like, okay, we got a lot going on. All of a sudden, with the level setting of the season, um, you end up starting the conversation out of grace and giving a lot of grace to one another and setting practices that are rooted in reality that won't lead to guilt and shame because they're practical. So, first and foremost, I think even before setting practices and rhythms, as you go, man, I'm off even just acknowledging the season you're in, uh, we think is a really important level set uh, thing in order to level up closer mm-hmm. to one another and stop halting that drift. Yeah, I think just making a priority for time together. You know, sometimes it looks like date nights regularly and sometimes it looks like, you know, cutting out, David putting time in his calendar that he knows, okay, I'm going to put it in mine too. And it's going to be a long lunch. You know, it may not be like we're getting away for a night because we might have extra sports or, you know, things that just consume life. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we just feel like we need that time with our kids. So how do we prioritize time for us? Um, You know, I think it's, it is ever changing, but I think there's, we, we know that at the end of the day, what, one of the key tools is definitely time together, just the two of us, you know. And I mean, ideally, recently we got away just for one night for our anniversary. And it was amazing how 24 hours just yeah, was yeah. refueling and just like yeah. really did bring us so much closer, you know, just like, wow, there was so much 
that we just hadn't had a chance to really talk sure. or share, you know? And I think even in that, it's um, one other thing for me, I think especially, is I probably tend to, if we don't have that regular time, our life is in a little bit busier season, um, I maybe it takes a little more effort for me to um, carve out time and make time to, to share and to go to those places that I feel like, oh, how, you know, I, I tend to start assuming, oh, you should have known that I feel that way, you know, mm-hmm. rather than realizing, okay, he cannot read my mind. I mean, we have been married for a long time and he does pick up on a lot of things, but it still takes stepping out and, you know, initiating that. And it's, it's almost too easy, right? I mean, you're going, wait, really time together, but okay, yeah, that, <laughs> And but to your point, it's a you pursue the relationships that matter most and you say, all right, here's the season we're in. And how do we make that happen in this season? The other would obviously be time together around timeless truth. And how are we having the timeless truth of Scripture come into our lives in refreshed ways and going, okay, how do we in this season, how do we break up the rhythm? And it's been super, a super sensible, simple rhythm and practice. But and I haven't lived it out faithfully every day, but the, the desire to not have my phone by my bed and have scripture before phone, those two rhythms, when there's a hour segment that I've, I bought an alarm clock for my bed. That was like a little, okay, I'm taking the step of faith, cringe, here I go. That's so sad that it took me that much to like, let go of that, but I, <laughs> I'm just being honest. And then I don't do it every day, but I mean, and, you know, even like, all right, the Amer- you know, the U S election season, it was hard and COVID election season, it's hard to go Bible before the phone. But I'm just telling you, the days that I put up, you know, picked up that phone first, my my Bible time shrunk vastly. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like that timeless truth is what transforms. And offering yourself up to the Lord and having sincere, you know, just conversations with Him about how we're really doing, especially when we're feeling that drift, it's the only ways we get in touch with how to share with one another. And then one other rhythm that just comes to my mind briefly is just remembering. I think we have a call to remember together. And there's an intimacy building that we believe helps halt the drift. When you when you just take time and go, we're not trying to fix anything right now. We're not going to try to dig under the next rock and next layer. And those are important things. But uh, let's just the, the call to remember that God gives us of how he's been faithful, how he showed up in our past. He's going to be here to show up for us again, you know, and that can be silly things like building a styrofoam cup tower, you know, like we read Joshua with um, our kids and we, you know, all right, let's build a styrofoam cup tower with the ways God's been faithful this year and write it on, a, uh, you know, one thing on a cup and you build the tower as big as you can. And yet for our marriage, we, you know, we might not build a styrofoam cup tower in our bedroom, but we, um, <laughs> we need those moments ourselves to list out. Okay. Here's how God's been faithful. He's with us. He is with us right now. And even though we're feeling the drift, he's being faithful to us. And man, if we attach to him, it's going to help us get through this. Those are some great practices. Thanks, you guys. I picked up on the mentoring. Uh, You flew by another third party. uh, Talk to a counselor when it helps. The remembering, Mm -hmm. the time with God. Man, that's great. Good stuff. So I have one, uh, well, a couple more questions for you guys, but here's one. Whenever people ask us what we do, uh, you're, you're already, I can see you already <laughs> nodding. Our, our listeners can't see you, but we can see you and I can see you nodding. The next question is always this. 
what's the secret? Yeah. In planes, in supermarkets, in cabs, that's the next question always. What's the secret to a healthy marriage or a lasting marriage? So I'm guessing you get the same question everywhere you go. It yeah. really bugs me when I get it at a massage therapist, you know, because I'm like, like, no, I'm, relax here. I'm not supposed to talk. Inevitably, they ask that question. So when you get asked the question, how do you answer? What's the secret? You you can answer that massage there. I give I give the people the person I love the most space when they need space. (laughs) (laughs) Space right now, anyway. Silence Silence is the key. Um, You know, I think for us, we just always go back to you have to depend on a source outside of yourself, and you just have to lean as hard as you can on Jesus. And there are lots of ways that plays out. I mean, for us, we pray together daily. Somebody challenged us to do that before we got married. And it's just a commitment that we, you know, some, if we're traveling, something like that, you know, Dave's out of town. That it And sometimes I, we usually do it before bed. Sometimes, sometimes I fall asleep. That I'm actually gonna, is know, true. But, yeah. you know. um, I'm like, are you there? Are you still there? <laughs> and, they're um, not, and they're not um, just on that because that can be a comment that puts people under the pile. But yet we believe in it so much just because they're, they're not always. Sometimes their sentence prayers are just like, Lord, we're so tired. Help us sleep well. Amen. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they are more, okay, Lord, we got a lot going on right now. And we're bringing together that before you. But, um, but I, you know, in it, it's, it's one of those ways that when there is rift or conflict or underlying things, it's hard to keep a hard heart. If you're going before the Lord, you can go before the Lord a few times, you know, three days in a row and kind of skate by it. It's hard to keep doing that. It just keeps a soft heart. I think that's what we love about it most. It cultivates a soft heart. Anyway, sorry, but let's keep going. So true. I mean, I think think another thing that keeps us focused on depending on Jesus and not just ourselves, depending on something outside of us, is just staying honest and humble with each other. I think it's really easy for me to look at the log. I mean, well, not the log, the speck, the tiny speck. But it's easy to overlook that thing. And and just remembering that, um, you know, start again with okay, all those sorry. reminders. One more time. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Y'all, right, y'all, were, y'all were hearing those beeps, right? We were hearing them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Going okay. back to honesty and humility. Yeah. Um, another way that keeps us depending on the source, depending on Jesus instead of ourselves, is just keeping honesty and humility in the forefront of our marriage. I mean, it's so easy for me to look at David and see the little speck in his eye and nitpick things and, and overlook the huge log in my own eye. And I think, you know, it's, it's an ongoing daily thing to remind myself to stay humble and lean in on Jesus and know that you know, if I, I mean, yes, we're going to be honest. And if there are things that he needs to come to me about, or I need to come to him about, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also just coming before the Lord and knowing that, um, you know, he's trying to weed out things in me too. And yeah. I, it, honestly, for us, I mean, we think a lot of, it's an, an A versus an M. I think a lot of times in marriage, we think of, of leaning on each other, kind of like a capital A, you know, you're leaning yeah. heavily on each other and God's in there and it's kind of the bar in the middle and, and he, it's an important part, but, but you're leaning hard on each other. And if one person wobbles, that letter is going to come crashing down. Right. And instead we need to be more like the letter M and that God is those two strong pillars on the outside of the letter M and we're leaning on him and we come together at the bottom, the very middle of an M, but our, we're leaning on our own source 
Um, and yet we're one, we're all one letter, but yet our pillar, those pillars are never going to fall. It's mm-hmm. so leaning on him heavily. That's a great, hey, that's a nice visual yeah, metaphor. Yeah, nice visual. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, just uh, one question on uh, parenting. So here you are uh, parenting your children through change, uh, their own changes. I mean, you got a, a teen and, but uh, changing homes, uh, life's different for everybody because of pandemic. And uh, so could you just share some encouragement for everybody else who's actively parenting out there, mm-hmm. trying to navigate in a good way, their kids in their own life through all this change? Oh man, it's such a big question for a short yeah. answer. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, if you're going to go, um, if you're going to go framework, I would just go Henry Cloud's grace and truth over time. That's how growth okay. happens. And obviously we care most that we're, we're growing our kids and hopefully growing them toward Jesus, growing them in their character, growing them into who their story is meant to be and what God's mm-hmm. wired and their gifting. And man, with the pandemic, it's like, woo, we better double down on grace, giving them what they don't deserve. That's great. We can't stop truth telling and helping them accept reality for what it is. It's a unique reality they're growing up with. And it's over time. Like we they're not going to respond instantly and we're not always going to respond right in the moment either. So how are we all repenting often? I think like us as parents, are we modeling repenting over time where they see us even in our active parenting, giving truth, responding to truth, giving grace, responding to grace. And so that we model how they can do that also. Yeah. So I'm curious to know who, who have you gone to or who do you read for kind of parenting wisdom um, and marriage wisdom too. I mean, other yeah. than Jesus and right. other than right. Dr. Henry Cloud, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the two. Yeah, that's a great um, well, who, who do you, who do you read? Who do you listen to? Who have you learned from? I mean, wow. I think marriage wise, even early in our marriage, we went to a weekend to remember with family life. And that was long before we were on staff with family life, just crew. And it was hugely shaping for us. Um, so I think there are things, resources from family life, the Rainies that have certainly impacted us. Um, and I think marriage and family, Paul David Tripp, um, a lot of his things have really impacted us. There's a book a, a few years old, but um, parenting is like 15 principles on parenting. And I think what's so freeing about his approach is just that, you know, the same thing that we all need the gospel and that raising kids reminds us of that constantly. And what does it look like to live in humility while we're raising our kids? Are we pointing them to Jesus in the midst of our own shortcomings and our own sin? Or are we, you know, expecting them to be something that we certainly aren't either? Because I think sometimes we, are we showing our kids and pushing them to need Jesus more? Or are we setting a standard for them that makes them think they don't need Jesus, you know, so. Um, yeah, and I mean, I could start listing off probably some of the standards that are, that are always heard. But when I think of new voices, which is really important to be building into new voices and, you know, friends we've made, uh, Josh and Christy Straub um, are a great couple who really focus on kids a lot. Uh, they have a ministry called Famous at Home. Um Jefferson Bethke is, does a great job, uh, you know, certainly holistic things, but how do you give practices for your kids? That would be another uh, kids one that we love and appreciate. So that'd be, that'd be two. I could keep going, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that's ones. perfect. And, <laughs> and this is the kind of day going back to the beginning of the conversation where we really have to be intentional. Uh, it's hard to run on autopilot because everything's so different and changing, you know, week to week, month to month, day to day. 
So it's a great time to be intentional mm-hmm. and to find some of these guides and, and build into our marriages and our kids. Last question that we're going to wrap up. Yeah. We ask everybody on our podcast this question. Uh, what's the difference God makes mm-hmm. in your story, in your marriage? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, God makes the key difference when we have those moments where we're both flat on our face mm-hmm. or one of us is is flat on our face. Mm-hmm. And um, if there wasn't a model for someone um, absorbing the pain, coming down, taking that pain away, forgiving um, that pain, not stopping there, but actually <clears throat> giving us his spirit in order to be empowered to to pursue the next day and to keep growing. I mean, the double transfer of what Jesus has done and taking away our sin and man in marriage and in our parenting, do we see our sin? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a beautiful sanctification space God's given us to, you know, like to grow and to expose a lot of things, but to grow us more into his likeness. And so he takes away our sin, but he also puts into us his spirit. Mm-hmm. And his spirit is the, is the power that enables us to live and grow and live any type of different life. If we're depending upon ourselves we will end up finding ourselves flat on our face yet again, pretty darn quick. And so man, we tap into his power. And um, I mean, that we've, we've, we've fallen on our face multiple times. And it is, it is that double transfer of the sin being taken away, experiencing that fresh in our lives, um, and then in forgiving one another, and then trusting in his spirit mm-hmm. to be the one that can change the game. Mm-hmm. Anything you add to that? No, I think I would say the same thing. I think the difference that God has made is just day in, day out, you know, the reality of forgiveness and what does it mean to love unconditionally? You know, I can't do that on my own because if I'm focused on what I want to receive and what I'm not getting and, you know, that's impossible. But I do think that the difference God makes is that in Christ, because of what he's done, he can give me the strength and the power to love David in a way I can't do on my own it it is transformational i mean yeah it feels like without that it would be extremely hopeless you know so i I agree and i think you know god laid out this beautiful beautiful plan of what marriage can be and can look like and yet we're incapable of managing to do that to live into that on our own and i think you're right marriage reminds us daily Mm, and parenting mm -hmm, reminds mm -hmm. us daily that to live into God's plans and purposes, we actually need his help <laughs> to be able to accomplish it. You guys, thank you so much for this. It's just lovely to hear more. We, we could go on, but we know you have a bit of a time restriction. We look forward to going on another time. Yes. So thank thank you. You. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks for what you guys do so much and for helping draw yeah. families closer together in a world that's so often drawing them apart. Thank you guys. It's yeah. a privilege, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. It is. So just before you go, I want to just say that Family Life U.S. has developed some incredible resources I want our listeners to know about. And um, you all have been super generous to share that with Family Life globally, around the world. world. You can access a lot of those resources through FamilyLifeCanada.com. And uh, while you're there, we might encourage our listeners to check out our current webinar series, Great Marriages Don't Just Happen. It's a series of one-hour webinars, lots of opportunity for interaction between you you two as a couple. So check that out. And David and Meg, thank you so much for joining us. 
God bless you throughout this this coming year, uh, you, your work, your family, and for everybody listening, if you want to know more about this, check out familylife.com or familylifecanada.com, and particularly on these spiritual questions, there's people there you can connect with that will be glad to talk to you and, and give you whatever help uh, we possibly can. So God bless you all. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Meg. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>